0: Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton the Third, and we are continuing our coverage of the Disney Plus series She-Hulk Attorney at Law, Episode 3: The People versus Emil Blonsky. And I'm excited to talk about this episode because, my goodness gracious, this show is cooking with that fish grease. I'm so excited to talk about it. We got the super producer, Jake Christie's in the house. Jake, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, really loving this show. I'm excited that we get the people got to see this episode. I've been waiting to talk about it for a while.
0: Yes, absolutely. So way back when I I saw this episode a couple weeks ago, when I knew that we were going to get Megan the Stallion, Megan the Stallion in She-Hulk, I texted Stephanie Williams. I said, Steph, you got to come back for this. You got to be here. And here she is, Stephanie Williams. You know her, you love her, friend of the show. Listen, there's so many superlatives when it comes to the comic book writing. The levels are just unmatched. Steph, welcome back. How you doing?
2: Good. I'm happy to be back. I miss y'all.
0: Oh, likewise, likewise, for mm-hmm. sure. So as customary as when we have a guest that who hasn't been on in a little bit, so She-Hulk is something that for you, you I know like in initially getting to know you a little bit in your work and your writing, you talk a lot about She-Hulk. So how have you felt so far in the first couple of episodes, seeing this character get adapted on screen?
2: Um, it's been really exciting. Um, I personally have enjoyed um, the episodes up until this point. Um, I really, really love the sen- uh, sensational she hulk uh, series. So like John Byrne and um, God, I'm blanking on the other writer. Please do not shoot me down. But anyway, like it's he's most known to be attached to that run or whatever. But um, I love it um, in all its problematic ways. Like it's just really fun. <laughs> and the show is giving me that. Um, I love it. She is breaking the fourth wall because, um, next to Deadpool, she is my favorite character to kind of do that. And, um, I don't know, like, it's just fun, uh, compared to the other, um, MCU shows that we've gotten up into this point. Miss Marvel was fun too, but this is fun in a very true to sitcom kind of way. Um, yeah. cause it feels way more episodic than, uh, the other shows have felt where it just kind of feels like a very long movie drawn out over
0: yes. you know,
2: the course of several episodes.
0: Yeah, there's something to be said for TV structure and getting that done. And Jessica Gao and co so far have kind of really nailed it in terms of like actually structuring TV in a way that we've been kind of clamoring for. And granted, it takes time when you, when Marvel's kind of transitioning into the TV shows as they have for the last couple of years and trying to get these things up and running. But uh, I feel like this show tonally kind of gets gets it clearly and it continues to show in this episode, which we'll get into in a second. But to to Steph's point, Jake, like I know we talk about it a lot as far as TV structures go, like in continuing with the theme to kind of get into general thoughts before we get into the plot of this episode. Like Mm. how have you felt like watching this kind of evolve as each episode gets better and better?
1: So well, I think that, you know, Steph, you hit the nail on the head. I'm not going to go through my whole spiel that I've been through a million times about TV being TV. But I think that the fact that this episode had a B-plot, which if I love that they call out, like, A-plot, B-plot coming together. Like, I love that, uh, where she does that direct address. Like, that's a thing that is, that's, like, such a TV-type thing. Where it's like, hey, we're going to have two different stories that come together, and they're, like, related. And ultimately the thing that makes it feel most like TV is that the focus is the characters, not necessarily like, like the plot. Like it's pretty obvious that the Blonsky trial is not going to be the thing for the rest of the season, you know, even in episode two. Um, And so like what you're following is not an overarching plot. While there obviously will be some sort of overarching plot that comes to be what you're following is these characters journey and stuff like that. And that's the thing that's so valuable to me about television is that television is, it can be, more character-based than plot-based, and the plot can be used to reveal things about the characters or to put them in different situations. And that's kind of what it's doing here, where, like, the plot machinations that Jennifer goes through are less important because of their specifics and more about how she reacts to them. You know, I mean, like, the whole Abomination story, whether an Abomination gets out of prison, is not important from a, you know, actual structural level in the MCU. It's important because it puts her in an uncomfortable situation, and it puts her in a situation where she has to, you know deal with her superhero, but like all these different things, like that's why it's interesting. And I really like that because that's what I love about TV is that like you come up with a plot and the interesting thing is not the plot. It's like, okay, we got this cool plot. How do the characters react?
0: Exactly, exactly. And yeah, so let's kind of just jump in because we start at the DODC where Jen is clearly miffed about finding out about the abomination and Wong having having a little fight in the... In the in the club, from Shang Chi. So Jen is pressing him on it, and Blonsky's is like, "Yeah, you know, you know, I w- I was taken out of uh, via my own will. The Sorcerer Supreme came to came to get me, and he wanted to have a fight, and I did go back into my cell willfully. Um, Tim Roth is just like is killing it with the very with the very Zen like." personality so far in this series He's which she continues to actor,
1: honestly i feel like with a lot of the actors of the early 90s who were in like those the you know either tarantino type films like the cool indie films of the 90s i feel like a lot of them have had much better careers since and i feel like i i kind of feel bad that tim roth didn't have you know he, he needs to be re-celebrated re- by the next, because he's, the range that he shows, just with, like, just the way that Blonsky is in The Incredible Hulk, and how he plays this now, is so different, and I don't know, I, I just feel like, shouts to Tim Roth, you know, he was in the worst MCU movie, but now he's in a great MCU TV show, I'm happy for him.
0: 100%, and so then, Jen leaves, and she's she's driving, she calls Nikki, and, and she's asking about Wong, like, what's the story with Wong? Nikki looks it up, Wong got a LinkedIn profile, Sorcerer Supreme, a librarian, and a Target employee. Like all of that, Wong is just like the man of mystery in the in the MCU for sure. And then, of course, Jen goes into the fourth wall before the before the title credits start. Steph, like from you talked about the fourth wall st- stuff, and like from a from a comic book standpoint, like we. We tend to kind of nitpick over like the small things when it comes to the details uh, of these types of things. How do you think, how do you feel like they've gotten that part uh, so far in terms of the fourth wall stuff? Cause I'm really enjoying it so far.
2: I, I think that's because, cause me too. And I think that's because they're calling out the stuff that maybe an audience member is already thinking or getting ready to think Um, So Drake brought up um, the, pointing out the A and B plot coming together. And I just love that because either that's something that an audience, you know, someone watching might've missed because they don't watch a lot of TV uh, shows or someone who does um, just thinking that, um, what was it? The first episode where it's like, okay, well, you're probably wondering how I even got here. And then they use that to do the jumping off for the history, I mean, for the flashback and then also um, the moment between her and Bruce, like they pick very perfect moments um, to use, to break the fourth wall. And like, that is the beauty. Well, that's the beauty and also the di- downside, because if you break the fourth wall in a way that it's just doesn't mean anything, then you're just interrupting your story for no reason at all. I just really love that they're using it to their benefit in a way that, um, I don't know, the same way you would in comics. Like, Whenever Jim would break the fourth wall um, during that series, um, it was always at a point that like made a lot of sense, so, like either at the beginning, kicking it off somewhere in the middle um, or at the end was like, yeah, that was a WTF moment, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think a th- <laughs> I think a thing that it does well is that the fourth wall breaks are all motivated by character. They're not motivated mm-hmm. by like even if sometimes they do sort of plot function that Jen Walters seems like the type of person who is like, I mentioned in the first when we talked about the first episode, that like, even though she's a good person, there is a sort of narcissism that she has where she imagines her life to be a TV show and she clearly enjoys the idea of talking about her life like a TV show. And so like, for example the fourth wall break that AC was talking about it's it's not just to, like, joke about the fact that they're cameos. It's also motivated by the character of, like, hey, whoa, 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 this is my lawyer show, like, let's not, you know, and it's also pretty sparing. And it's, it's, like, I think it's, it's not done to, um, it's not done to distract from anything, and it's also, like, I think the important thing about it is that you could lift the fourth wall breaks out of the show, and the show would function exactly the same. And by that, what? I mean it is of, it is not uh, House of Cards, which was, of course, a show that tricked a lot of people, including myself, for a couple of years into thinking it's good when it was just Kevin Spacey doing an accent.
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: No, I think – He tricked us. He tricked us. I was tricked yeah. for a couple of years, but it's not. It wasn't good, but we thought it was.
0: Yeah, I I I feel like I build on that show very early. I build on it definitely early. I don't think I even finished the yeah, first season with to be honest, mainly because. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing with me and TV shows. Like when I know it, I what I do get a, a sense when it's bad. Because mm-hmm. like even something like Ozark, which a lot of people really like, and I mm-hmm. thought the pilot episode of Ozark was really, really good. There was somewhere in like the middle. middle of the first season where I was just like, oh, no, no, I'm not going to finish this. Nah. Yeah,
1: I think the thing with- I bailed halfway through season three of House of Cards, but the thing I realized about it was that, like, it wasn't actually good. The characters were just, like, morally bankrupt and like that seems com- that's like that's compelling on the surface but it's like oh no, no no that's actually just not that interesting to watch anyway sorry i yes. brought it up but that's always my go-to example of no, when, good. Thir- when when fourth wall breaking can trick you into thinking something's interesting but it's like no no, no no there's actually no substance going on you're just talking to me
0: right right so so after the credits we get the we get the media just going crazy over jen rumors are being spread jen is having the abominations baby we got the mansplaining on social media. We got we got all these tweets and, and every everything happening. And this is kind of like because I know there was a there was a tweet earlier today from She Hulk updates where basically back in 2019 when the show was announced, there was a lot of the, this type of messaging that was sent to like, well, why do we need this? Why do we need a woman Hulk? Why is that? Why is this a thing? Why do we have to have this? And I do love that the show takes all of that stuff and points it back at the same people who are going to end up watching it and get mad at it anyway. And I think it's a very clever thing because those people still don't get it. And that, that scene was just like another example of that. And, and the dude at the end saying, I don't know about y'all, but I'd smash was, was that was just a great, like throw in <laughs> throw in line there. So we start off with, with Jen going to, Jen going into the office and she's talking with Nikki about, about Wong and trying to figure out this, this whole story. But then Holloway calls her in and who do we see? We see Mr. Misogyny Dennis in there. Um, Steph, I, I, I mentioned to you not too long ago about Dennis and, and I think you, you, you have posted something about like, I think it was, was it a Dr. Doom comic or something like that, where <laughs> so, this, this particular character, yeah, go ahead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so um, so this is from her uh, series, and it was like Dr. Doom's cousin, Bob Doom, um, and I think it was like a cousin twice removed, not twice removed, but like. Some, like a second or third cousin, but anyway, uh, he was a dentist and very upset that he could not compete with his, um, you know, anti-hero super villain cousin. And I don't know like that. He just said, okay, well, I guess I will commit fraud. <laughs> so some people came <laughs> in, uh, to sue him for medical malpractice. And then for whatever reason, like this was the jumping off point for him becoming a full blown, villain, which Mm -hmm. if you're a dentist, you kind of already are like I mean, come (laughs) on. I love listen. (laughs) I hope that um the the person I go to is now listen, I love you. Um thank you for taking care of my teeth, but also have you paid your copay even with insurance
1: um and said, wow Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not it's saying that dentists are, I'm not saying yeah, it, it is robbery, but I don't wanna like dentistry has you know saved a lot of lives, you know. I, yeah, I, yeah, no, we need I, them. I think we we take for granted how bad sure. people's breath used to smell back in the day. So I'm just saying, like, let's not go overboard. But I looked it up, it says Dr. Doom's fifth cousin is Robert Bob yeah. Doom.
2: Yes. yes. Um.
1: <laughs> if you are a
2: dentist, I mean, I listen. I, I do love you, but you I, are. I don't think that anyone healing. makes more
1: than six figures. I don't think anyone makes more than six figures. Listens to this show, Steph. You don't have to worry. <laughs> they might. You never know. <laughs> that's
0: a fair point. Uh, that's a very fair point. But yeah. We so we got Dennis, and Dennis is at at G, GKL, KL and H because apparently. This man thought in his mind that he was dating Megan the Stallion, which is just such a Dennis thing to do. Steph, when you first saw this portion of the proceedings, what 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 came to mind? <laughs> um.
2: Well, initially it was Tory Lanes and just how delusional he probably was. But um, <laughs> next, to, next to that, um, I thought it was funny. And also it just kind of fit too. Yes.
1: Um,
2: I don't know, like to kind of lean into the fact that, hey, you got Asgardians guardians here um, and some of them are elves and can like shape shift. I thought they were going to do a crawl thing. I mean, uh, well, not a crawl. Wow. I'm thinking about that movie from the 80s that it's kind of bad but maybe you should watch it scrolls (laughs) oh scroll (laughs) i thought like maybe (laughs) maybe that was what was going on but um no like the elf thing and like that being him actually thinking that he would be able to pull megan Estallion. actually i think the lawyer says that in court yeah Pool, yeah, and I was like, okay, right. <laughs> that's fun. But, um, I don't know, like that was a really fun moment. And another reason why I'm just enjoying this show, because I don't like, that's fun. Um, I understand that. Uh, I think there was something that came out. It was an interview or something where, well, it probably shouldn't have been so truthful, but, or been so honest that day. About wanting to make the abomination a situation like a fool's trial that went several episodes. Mm-hmm. But I was like, actually, you know, if you all couldn't really, you know, write a crime, I mean, a, a courtroom <laughs> drama like that. This mm-hmm. is the way to kind of go about it. Mm-hmm. And that was funny. Like that worked like that was very Ally McBillish well- uh, to me.
1: We'll yeah. talk about it later because I've I, AC. Make, make sure you have the bookmark the segment where I talk about uh, the legal issues of She Hulk. But um, I mean,
0: I we, 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 that's <laughs> the wild part. We got two cases going at once here, and, so so yeah. we'll uh, we'll definitely. I, get I don't into know it.
1: anything about I don't know anything about parole laws, so I can't uh-huh. speak to the Blonsky. Anyway, <laughs> the thing I do love in this scene though is just the very just like sitcommy, and I say that in the best way because I love sitcoms. Yeah. Line of just uh, Jen saying under breath. You thought you drove up a sot? <laughs> it's just so funny to me. And
0: then and um, then on top of that, we got we got we get the introduction to Mallory Book, who I, I know Steph Stephanie, you know a little bit about. Just tell us a, a quick a quick little thing about Mallory Book and who she is, because we saw her briefly.
2: Um so Mallory is a person that was introduced um was it insensational an but anyway like she used to be a rival um to Jen or whatever and eventually like they do have a friendship that buds but they're also still kind of frenemies at the same time um very fun she is the not strong Tatiana
0: mm got you so so that's the thing so she walks in and Dennis like is like his eyes light up and, and his face like he did the energy is back and then he goes and, and then he goes like oh I want her to represent me at first but then Holloway's like nah she's in the superhuman law division just like Jen and then he goes I, I can't talk to a 10 about embarrassing man stuff. She could be my next fiance. And I'm just like yo this guy <laughs> Yo, know, this guy, and, this even guy is in, it, man.
2: <laughs> and even in that wig that she had on that was still he still had no
1: chance. <laughs> and the thing is, I'm surprised that he was even able to like put a suit on and go into an office because I figured he'd be so di- distraught about Andrew Tate getting deplatformed that he wouldn't be able to function. So, I'm, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then to close out the scene, our good old pal Wong shows up. Uh Just I, I love Wong; he's just been so tremendous in Phase Four, and we see more of him here and. So then, he and Jen have a conversation. Basically, we find out that Wong was just just needed a sparring partner to train to become the Sorcerer Supreme. So, as we got that answer from Shang Chi, and then we get a little back and forth, and Wong says, oh, "Don't worry, I'm not going to erase anyone's memories." Like uh, the the whole situation in Spider Man: No Way Home, and then he goes, well, "We could send him to the Mirror Dimension or the Shadow Dimension," and he goes on and on and. And um, and then I'm reminded in the scene that's like, yo, how great it is to have Wong around for all of these scenes, because listen, man, just, Benedict Wong is just a tremendous it, man. Give him give that man a round of applause. Jake, clip in some applause for him, please, if you could.
1: Absolutely. I really uh, I, I'm always happy to do that. Um, any editing that involves me just clicking and dragging a sound effect I already know where to find is always great. But um, the thing I love about him is that I think he really is we joke about it, but he is single-handedly functioning as glue for the MCU in a way that you would like you would never get Chris Hemsworth to do because he's too big or whatever. But like Benedict Wong seems both he's really the he has the right vibe in that he's not like a strong enough personality to not fit somewhere. But also if you listen him talk about it, he seems very excited to do it and like I think he gets it. He gets that he is like important enough where people will recognize him but not so important that if he shows up it takes over the episode like if dr strange were to be in this episode these two episodes instead then like that would kind of overwhelm the vibe and it would become the you know whereas Mm -hmm. this he's, he's able to fit in and i just think and he's such has great comedic chops too which obviously we've seen but like I don't know. I think he just is like I'm so happy for him because he was clowned on all the time because of him disappearing in Infinity War or whatever. But like, you want to talk about most improved player? Like they got to read. They got to rename that award the the Wong. Yeah, it's the
0: Wong Award. Player. Yeah, he won. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Your man, your man won. He's he's great. So he he's gonna be a witness. He's gonna help Jen do a solid for Blonsky as he says that that it was all his doing. It was not Blonsky's fault. And so then we. Then we get to Pug and, and Dennis talking about the whole uh, Aruna situation. And we find out that he got hustled out of $175,000 to fake Megan. And it was just like, yo, this guy, oh my God. Who gosh.
2: drove a Passat? A
1: Passat <laughs> really?
0: Yeah, i just like, yo, <laughs> oh, wow.
1: Wow. And then, and then, de- and, he's, and he works for the DAs. It's not like he works at a private law firm. Man. Right. Maxing out credit cards for. <laughs> oh, and man. And then, you know, Jake, and he probably has student loans that are You know, crazy. exactly. You're damn right he does. And the thing is, he'll, he's happy that he got the loan relief, but you know damn well, <laughs> honest he's complaining about it. He's like, this is ridiculous a handout. But anyway, that the thing too is that, like, if you're him, and obviously of course the answer is he's conceded, but you're like, whatever, let's take the fact that he thinks he's dating that Megan nostalgia and whatever. But if you're dating a world famous recording artist and you are an assistant district attorney, why are you paying for anything?
0: <laughs> it's 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 a very good uh, que- it's a very yeah, it's a very good question. Jake, actually I have another question for you in the same vein. Who would you pull a dentist for and risk it all for? Who 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 who? Who are That's you risking a really it all good for?
1: Question. Um. God, that is a really, really, really good question. It depends. Like, obviously, the joke would be Florence pew because we joke about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. But I want to get
0: down to, into the depths of your soul.
1: I don't. I you you have you have to really you should prepare me for that. Um. It's not gonna be anything interesting, honestly. It's just gonna be in the category of probably small and stature white actress between the ages of twenty and thirty five <laughs> like, I'm not gonna pretend like like I'm not like it's it's unfortunately oh. like I, it's not gonna be i it's not gonna be like a super over sexual pop uh-huh. artist. that's just not my vibe. I wish it was. I'm kind of envious <laughs> of people who are like that, but like I'm a simple man, like you know uh-huh. i it's just so. It's good that's going to be the answer, but even then, I think the difference is that, um, I kind of missed out on the uh day in school when they taught us that uh white guys should have a ton of confidence because there's no I don't know any situation where I would think (laughs) that, uh, like even yeah, I I, there's just the notion of ever thinking that a that someone who I find attractive is into me, even if they're not famous, is something that's hard for me to fathom generally, so. If you want to get into my death of my soul, that's the answer. That like I don't think anyone could ever uh Oh do
0: that dog, you. this is a this is a this is what you call one of those situations. like I'll even I'll even give mine. Now, listen, I, I love my wife. I'm very very happy. Of course. Everything's good. Uh-huh. Everything's good, mm-hmm. no problems here. But if it happened to be anybody, nah Rihanna, Rihanna, I'm risking it all for Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Risking See, that's it all.
1: My answer is a lot less interesting than that.
0: I'm, I mean, I mean it is what it is. Steph, like, say for instance, we we know. You are committed. You got a happy family. Oh, we ain't got to do all that.
2: Aldous Hodge.
0: Oh, okay. Mm. There you go. Hey, you know, I respect it. I think Aldous Hodge is a superstar. Yeah, got that man, Hawkman. I can't wait for Black Adam. Aldous Hodge is it He's been underrated in the game for a long time. So I respect this stuff. I mean, damn you, Jake. I even Just have a one. second, too. Oh, you got a second? I mean, oh, okay. Yeah. Talk to me.
2: So, <laughs> we will probably be yaya on top so just the you know mm. the, the only two black guys in dc mm. right
1: okay so <laughs> so my, I kind of gave an answer to Florence Pugh. That probably is an easy one. Although mm-hmm. I suspect that we probably actually wouldn't get along that much. Uh, just just the, the fact that I can't imagine... Like, I she did date Zach Braff for a while. And, like, I can't... Im- I don't actually want to necessarily be liked by someone who dated Zach Braff for two years. Because I don't want to be in Evan Dagger. Like, that just doesn't... I don't actually want that. Um, That's fair. You know what I mean? Like, it's like... It's like... It's like if someone, like... Uh-huh. Is if someone says that like they're a, like, they have a crush on you and then a crush on like you know a hundred year old man, you're like I don't feel that good about that, you know. Um. So, but I'll go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't have an answer that comes to mind immediately, and because no, I'm a square, I that that's the thing about me, man. Like I just I uh, I like to hang out with interesting people, and I like to make jokes that are. Uh, provocative because inside i am nothing but pure white bread <laughs> oh
0: shit <laughs> give yourself a little more credit man god damn that's fair <laughs> that's fair <laughs> uh, oh man so so yes. Yeah, so we, we have uh, dennis is just amazing so then that scene and dennis leaves but then quote-unquote dennis comes back but it turns out to be runa she you know she transforms and then um and then Pug gets her out of there, and then Pug. Tra- I mean, then Runa transforms into Pug, and then and then does the whole "I love to harass women in the workplace." So it's just like it's a very it's very chaotic, but it just fits again with the with the tonal theme of the show. Really loving that scene continuing. We'll see a little bit more of Runa later, and we get we now get to the the initial court situation with Jen and Blonsky, and then we got the we got all the people to hear the review of Blonsky's case and trying to find out that whole situation. So before our hand, Jen and Blonsky have a talk and then, and then they're talking about, um, I think the the soulmates come up and Blonsky lists the soulmates. <laughs> and not too long ago, not too long ago, I tweeted this, but Jake, I'm going to send you the, I'm going to send you the exact clip to clip in, but it's the second verse of what these bitches want by DMX. There was Brenda, Leticia, uh, Linda, Felicia, okay.
2: Dawn, LaShawn, Annette, and Alicia, Teresa, Monica, Sharon,
0: Nikki, uh-huh. Lisa, Veronica, Veronica Karen, Vicky, Cookies. Or oh, met her in the ice cream parlor. Right. Tanya, Diane, Lori, and Carla, okay. Marina, uh, Selena, uh, Katrina, uh, Sabrina, uh. about three Kim, what? Latoya, and Tina, Shelly, Bridget. Kathy, Rashida, Uh-oh. Kelly, Nicole, Andrew, Juanita, Stacey, Tracy, Ronna and Rhonda, Donna, Yolanda, and Ronda. And it reminded me exactly of that song when I heard it at the at the same time. So Blonsky's getting it in. Like, you got you got seven pen pals and it's a, got a little situation. Steph, what you what you think about what Blonsky got going on with this whole Namaste?
2: So, I don't know if you all watch uh, the show called, um, was it Love After Lockup? And then there's Life After Lockup. And I probably shouldn't watch it because we should think about abolishing pr- prisons. But Correct. I enjoy it because these people fall in love with um, like their prison pen pals and stuff like that. And then they release to them and... It just, it's just all downhill from there. So I bring that up because I want to see that. I want to see Blonsky with all, what is it?
0: Eight? Is it eight or well, nine? I, no. So apparently it's, it's seven. It's apparently it's seven. And then he seven, makes, Okay. yeah. And he, and he makes a line that he's the eighth. And like just in general, like yeah. to complete the okay. entire thing. No,
1: because the joke is that he says they're my better eighths instead of yes. my better half. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yes. No, that is funny.
2: Um, but I would like to see. I want to see that. Like, I want let that be the next show. Let it be. Uh, love after lockup, uh, starting the abomination and his whole little army of women.
0: Yeah, uh, you think so, Mona, like, anyway, you think Mona Scott Young would produce that? <laughs>
2: No, I don't even want her producing it. This is a VTV
0: production all the way. Uh, no, it's funny cuz I was thinking about I was thinking about a uh, somebody posted a tweet like what's the most what's like your favorite reality TV moment and all I see is Love and Hip Hop with with Kirk and Rashida or um or Stevie J and Jocelyn fighting people and I'm just like, yo <laughs> from from back then. So all I think it's Mona Scott Young. I could just imagine what she would do with some shows like that. Love, love after lockup or whatever you call it, but um, but yeah. So the the case, the case, uh, you know, goes on, and the board's asking, and Wong hasn't shown up yet. I think Jen makes the comment that for a guy with uh, zero commute time, how could he be this late? Um, and so he he hap- she happens to have a couple of witnesses to kind of delay the process, and then of course Blonsky gives his statement, and then there's three other people who are talking. I think there was there was one who was talking about uh i think it was a pri- somebody in the prison who was talking about that he he turned it from toilet wine to toilet kombucha and i was just like oh yep. my god Goodness gracious. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. That's, that good, that's disgusting. <laughs> and then the poor security guard talking about I like, it, so his wife left him or something like that. And then he, no, then, the,
1: that Blanc, he saved him from a bad marriage. Yeah,
0: he, he saved him from a bad marriage. And then he's like, I release you. That was also, that was my favorite part yeah. Um, in that in that situation. So we're getting to the end there and and Jen doesn't have a, another witness. And then, of course, at the very last second in perfect sitcom fashion. Wong shows up and just delivers a, a wonderful witness statement talking about everything and putting the onus on him for, for Blonsky's uh, endeavors and crimes and stuff like that. And, but of course, when they press Wong on the whole crime aspect of things like, uh, you know, we might have to deal with you Wong, then a uh, fastly mm-hmm. exits like infinity war, which I thought was great. Um. In the meanwhile, so we but have. But no, you're,
1: you're ignoring an incredibly important thing that he says. Oh, no, no, hippie, before, before they first cut away, because obviously this is all intercut, yes. before they first cut away with him, the first thing he says is Are you familiar with Akumbate, which is the name <laughs> of the tournament from Bloodsport? <laughs> yes, that's Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately thought about that and like, Kumitang is not a real thing. It only is from Bloodsport, if I remember correctly. I <laughs> so I love that yeah, that, that long wait, frame of reference. I think it's brought up one more time in Boondocks. i no no, but what I'm saying is oh wait, sorry, Kumitang is a okay, sorry, no, it's actually not. It is a form of karate but it's not actually the name of a tournament. It is... Uh, it's like calling it Akumite is from Bloodsport. And obviously, I imagine that uh, whoever was writing it was... But I just love the idea that Wong trying to explain what he did, he's like, okay, hmm, where do I go? Oh, Of course, Bloodsport. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Wong, man. Wong, well, the delivery, the line delivery was on point, and, and that was great. So we go to the... We go to the case with Runa and Dennis, and Runa's lawyer is trying to use diplomatic immunity, but this judge, um, I mm. I bracketed in my notes, hashtag washed agenda. This is a wash judge. Um, and he's not he's not trying to hear it. He's not trying to hear it. Listen, the man got a little gray in his beard. He's he's probably got a long day. He has had a. l I'm sure he's had a long day listening to terrible cases and and nonsensical things and now you got to deal with a shape-shifting Asgardian. i mean my goodness mm. gracious like all all of that seems very problematic for him so and then runa tries to use the asgard is not a place it's a people line from thor ragnarok mm. and he's like "Nah, no nah, this is not this is this is not it um dennis says he's going to cancel his hollywood hookups mm. <laughs> situation <laughs> after that and so then like what you call it? It seems like the like court is going to be adjourned, but then the judge leaves, but then the judge comes back, but it's Runa transforming into the judge. And I, I tell you, Runa, she's she's doing a lot. She's doing a a, a lot stuff. I, I feel like Runa's got a lot going on. Like from the YouTube video we saw earlier in the episode of her impersonating Megan the Stallion to the stuff in the at the law firm, and now the courtroom i feel like runa is a type of character you'd love to write for
2: i would because like an asgardian noble who acts just as though um the same as like you know someone with diplomatic immunity would um is hilarious
0: <laughs> yes absolutely and so we cut back to the we cut back to the blonsky thing and after wong gives all of his testimony and all that stuff um they ask uh, Blonsky like about the whole changing into the abomination thing, and Jen doesn't want him to change into the abomination, but he does. He does, and scares the crap out of everybody. Everybody's uh, kind of almost hightailing it. The security guards come in, and he's like, "All right, all right, all right, I'll, I'll chill out." And, and he change and he changes back, but it seems like the besides that little hiccup, the the review board seems to be into Blotsky's uh mm-hmm. case and defense and they grant him parole. He's he's gonna be out. Which is crazy. And it is. It is. It is. It, it, they needed to be fired. It's
2: <laughs> like, wait, this time out. Because <laughs> they have him in whatever, like the power dampener or whatever that is supposed to be. Um, but he turns into the abomination. And then the way that they react, why do you all have it? Why did you invest the money if you don't even believe I don't it's think going it's a power work? dampener.
1: I don't think I think it's just a thing that's supposed to be able to contain
2: <gasps> Yes, no, you're right, Jake. I'm mixing up because they were going to put like an ankle power no, damper or something doing. on a s
1: that's that's the idea that Jen has of how to get his release. Cause AC, you skipped around ah, for a few things. And she yeah. later on she has the inspiration to suggest using an inhibitor as a way to get him released. That happens after. Right. Gotcha, so that,
0: okay. okay. Gotcha. Yeah. They so um, a, so uh,
1: they, they say after he turns to the abomination, they say they're going to ha- wait a day, and then there's a scene where they're at the bar.
0: Yes, that's it. Okay. Yeah, the scene. The, yeah, the scene at the the bar occurs right after this um this whole scenario happens. But but go oh, no go ahead.
2: Dollars. Steph. But I'm just going to say, I'm going to end it on taxpayer dollars. I'm assuming went to this or, yeah, Mm because private prisons still receive. But anyway, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: all this hard-earned money spent and you all are still shaking Mm -hmm. in your boots and suits for a machine that's supposed to work. Yeah. Fire. fire, all Why would you release them then?
0: Why would you uh, release them? And then on on top of that, the classic superhero, supervillain thing where the bad guys always lie. Uh, I don't of care course. what this this man is <laughs> lying out his ass with the meditation and all this other stuff. Listen, he's going to be up to no good soon enough. He ain't the abomination just for some relaxation. Uh, i say that much.
2: He should have just winked at them, and that would have been fine by me.
0: <laughs> so I'll say I, this: I can't believe yeah. it.
1: i i i am I think you make excellent points. I am, but I'm also not going to stake my claim in terms of arguing against anyone's parole. I'm not going to do it. i That's not a place I want to be, I mean, you know. I mean, oh, yeah, no... Of course, oh, I, don't no, I, I
0: understand. Okay. No, no okay. I guys,
1: guys, 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 guys. I was completely, kidding. No, I'm I was completely <laughs> kidding. I was trying to put it. I no. joking. <laughs> no, no,
2: of course, like
1: yeah, let them go. But it's just in a world of super villains, I think the general rules about car- incarceration would need to be a little different. I think that's completely fine. <laughs> I think completely fine keeping a like, super villain in prison for longer than a normal person. That is a thing that I'd be okay with. No, if I and that's why ruled... it was hilarious too. Cuz yeah. it's probably somebody who yeah. sold
2: like weed or something mm-hmm. like five like three buildings I'm over still f- serving time and like that is dark funny um but anyway
0: it's serving years with with mm-hmm. four s's on it uh my jesus christ like yeah nah like it it really be hard out here for people for sure but so we so after that whole situation, then Wong exits the exits mm-hmm. the the jail and prison. So Jen is at the bar with Nikki, and then they try to help the Dennis case out with Pug, mm-hmm. and Jen's going to testify as a character witness. And so then they go to the courtroom, and we have the.
1: Basically, the whole thing at issue is that yeah. the judge has trouble believing that Dennis would be so pathetic as to actually believe that Megan the Stallion would want to date him. That's the thing at issue.
0: Yes, yes. And of course, Dennis describes himself as a New York 10 and an LA 11, which Mm -hmm. is just like, (laughs) yo, listen, I've been talking about this so far. This Dennis character is something else like the fact that they can make this incredibly misogynistic character um, funny and somebody that you want to see on screen is a testament to the writing of the show and the tone of the show overall, because my goodness, Chris, he's just just the worst absolutely the absolute worst so uh dennis uh, Dennis mentions trying to to w- w- the whole situation and then Jen goes back and forth with uh pug at the at the hearing and basically Jen dresses down pug uh it, it's it's a it's a pretty hilarious uh, it's takedown mean. as far as like like you do you really <laughs> what what did pug ask him and I think that was the That was the meme today um did you really think that you could pull megan the stallion was was just uh that was just a a great moment and then of course you know jen dresses him down and stuff like that to the point where dennis wins the case and i can't remember what was the yeah i i know like (laughs) him him winning anything is not something that you would really want but um I was wondering, what did they end up giving R- Runa? Oh, so this was the part, Jake. Um, okay. book, bookmark part, the legalities of things. Uh, right, Jake, clear, tell us a little bit. Let's clear
1: it up. Okay. So first yes. and foremost, I'll get to the big thing that you're referencing later, but the thing I noticed this time around is that Mm-hmm. there's a thing in both civil and criminal trials called an expert witness. And that's someone who's allowed to testify to an opinion. No one else is allowed to testify to an opinion because you could just like ask someone, you could call your friend up to the stand and be like, Hey, do you think that guy's guilty? Right? So mm-hmm. Pug specifically asked Jen and in, in your opinion, would he think that he could pull Megan the Stallion, which on the top of asking for an opinion, which you're not allowed to do is complete speculation. Like think about, Obviously, we know that Dennis is this pathetic, so you don't notice it. Mm -hmm. But imagine if in real life you could call a witness and say, hey, do you think this guy would do this? (laughs) Like, that is so ridiculous. (laughs) But more importantly. Yes. So they award Pug the $175,000, right? He should have won it because she was tricking him, even though he's an idiot. And then the judge says, additionally, I'm sentencing you, Runa, to six months in jail for impersonating a judge. This is a civil trial she was not arrested, she was not indicted, she, the judge just said, by fiat, as a judge drain executioner, I'm going to in this very moment charge you with a crime and try you for a crime and sentence you for a crime. Mm-hmm. What the This you imagine if at the end of a civil trial the judge just said, and on top of that, you go to jail for this amount of time. What the hell is this? This isn't freaking this isn't like a Soviet show trial. Like that I normally am fine with bad legal stuff in TV shows. I notice it, but I don't say anything. And it's usually the type of stuff that I meant the first thing I mentioned. But this was so egregious to me, it's like imagine if in real life a judge could just say, and also you are not only charged with this crime, you are convicted of it, and this is how long you're going to jail for it that it, i it really i well, it didn't actually bother me cuz i'm not a weirdo but it was kind of just like this is so like people it it kind of is a problem how bad people understand our legal system like that it, it would be really 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 bad if judges could do that
0: <laughs> oh my god i Oh, that, that, yeah. Like it that's was sorry. So silly, a second,
1: what happened? No, no, no it's
2: okay. But like, it was just so silly. Um, because I don't even know law like that. But I even I knew that was wrong because you know all those years watching Judge Mathis, I'm pretty sure he been shooting <laughs> people in jail left and right. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just so silly and egregious. I'm just like, you know, in a world where Thanos snapped everybody out of existence, sure.
1: That's yes, how the law know, works. There, it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> honestly, knowing how dumb America is. Their response to Thanos snapping everyone wouldn't be like to give aid to people who are displaced, to be like, you know what, I think we should give judges more power to rule by whim. <laughs> that would be like the law. Um, <laughs> like we can't pass money for like schools, but we have a bipartisan bill to give judges the ability to throw anyone in jail.
0: That would be that would be amazing. And the one thing, and I cannot go on any further without mentioning it at the hearing is the actual Megan the Stallion. And I got to say, Steph, before I throw it to you on Megan the Stallion, I, I, I just got to say black women are, are they are doing it right now. They, they win. And it was great to see uh, Serena Williams do what she did recording yes. this a day after uh, one of the most fun matches that I, I, I've seen in recent memory. Just her like battling and rising, rising above. That was tremendous. Um, I, I I know. T- if anybody remembers last week's episode where 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 Jake uh, kind of like poo Beyonce a little bit. Um, the, I
1: did no such thing.
0: You absolutely did. I did no did. such you thing. absolutely did. And I will just say to cut you off, Renaissance is still in my head. I can't stop playing that damn album. What did she put in the damn album? It's drugs. My God. So again, black women are doing great. They're doing great. They're doing tremendous stuff. I will throw it to you. Seeing Megan the Stallion, how you feel? How you how you feel about her appearance in this episode?
2: Um, I loved it because who doesn't want to see a celebrity cameo in a? I don't know, like a comic book property. Do it in the actual paper comics, and it's fun when it happens um, in real life. And for me, I just really loved it because when I think of She Hulk. Um, I wrote something about um, her embodying, um, you know, real heart girl shit because of the way that she has mm-hmm. to, or not has to, but the way that she does embrace herself um, despite uh, what people uh, perceive her as. So I thought it was perfect. Um, and I couldn't have been happier to see Megan Stallion in the MCU existing as a Grammy award winning artist.
0: That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And We'll get we'll get back to Megan in a second. But so like we we get through we get through this. The the court scene, we have the Blonsky leaving. And as Jake mentioned earlier, he can't turn into the abomination and will wear an inhibitor. And but Blonsky does convince Jen to do an interview to be a part of the story as opposed to nothing at all. And as Jen is going home and uh, she she gets attacked by, you know, a couple of um you know a couple of of a couple of thugs hooligans. per se hooligans and they you know they got weapons it seems like these weapons have some power to them and the weapons look kind of familiar they remind me of a sort of crew in the comic book stuff the, the a certain mm-hmm. wrecking certain wrecking crew except they seem a little malnourished is what i would call them the malnourished uh wrecking crew <laughs> So, so, Steph, what did you think of this scene introducing these folks and uh, what it's going to look like?
2: I thought it was hilarious and I loved it because they would be the ones to to show up in a She-Hulk thing. Also, it reminded me of DC's um, whole thing with construction worker mo- motif or whatever. And it was like this really, <laughs> I don't know, thing in the 90s where it was just like, you know who would make great villains or superheroes? Construction workers, and we'll like give somebody a jackhammer, we'll have a steamroller, we'll have somebody with the air gun, and it'll just be a good time.
0: Yeah, and shout out to the crowbar as well. And so, we they do attempt before Jen transforms, and it's funny, like she gets attacked, and then at first she's scared, and then she's like, Oh, wait a second. Yeah. And then Jen, I love that moment. That was a good, <laughs> that was a very funny moment. So, then she transforms and beats the crap out of them. They, you know, they get out of there apparently they are trying they were trying to get her blood so mm-hmm. huh it seems like we're back in the old super soldier serum selling situation that uh, that falcon and the winter soldier uh was also trying to tell in that instance but with jen and the crew mentions having a boss do we know who that boss might be i i have a i have a i have a funny feeling that it is somebody that we have already seen, and I will not be shocked if it is Emil Blonsky. Just considering how it would be the perfect uh, film noir twist, that it would be Blonsky, based off of his whole like, oh, I'm very, I'm very meditation and namaste and all that other stuff. I could just see he's a bad guy at the end of the day, is what I would say. But um, but Steph, like in terms of who, perhaps could be this boss do you have any out of the box theories or is it just hey i'm just watching till next week and we'll find out at some point
2: you know honestly ac it has been i'm just watching until the next week um shout out
0: to you shout out to you yeah because that was almost a thing.
2: blink and a you missed it moment too and i was like yeah you know what let's not even go down that rabbit hole we'll just be surprised
0: mm-hmm. And and jake how about you you feel the same
1: I mean, well, yeah. When I think about the boss, it's you know either uh, Bruce Springsteen or Tony Danza, and obviously it's not either of them. It could be go. Tony Danza. It could be yeah. You, I I haven't seen him Listen. in a bit. Like he could he could have the time.
0: We we had we had somebody from Perfect Strangers show up on the show, so like it would not be to get somebody else from a sitcom. Tony Danza would be perfect. I wouldn't mind seeing an appearance from him. In yeah, that. Tony,
1: join the MCU. Get on the phone with Kevin Feige. Yeah, why
0: why <laughs> yeah, not? He's so an
2: evil scientist uh, or even like a you know venture capitalist or something like that. He's got that in him.
0: He sure no, absolutely, he sure does, and then. The credits roll, fun credits, and then, of course, as customary in every She-Hulk episode, we got a post-credit scene, and this is the scene that apparently there were some people who were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What is the MCU doing? Why, why, why are they having these girls twerking? I just don't believe it. I just don't understand." It's whoa. like, yo, this shit is fun. It's funny. It's good. It's making the stallion shaking ass and is She-Hulk shaking ass. What's the problem?
2: Because like you would be doing this anyway, right? Like if there was, say Megan wasn't there and it was just a video of maybe She-Hulk wasn't even twerking. She was just dancing. Somebody would be doing a video, like would be editing that to a Megan Estallion Stallion song. So they're just giving you what you probably were going to do anyway. Also... <laughs> It is a it is this is based on comics, um, and yeah. part of comic books can also be unserious and funny. Um, Sunday funnies—that was my first taste of comics, um, and they were meant to be funny. Um, even your cape comics before, um, you know, everybody got super serious all of a sudden, or, or progressively over time. But like, it's it's okay. This is a woman who turned into a <laughs> to a superhero because. <laughs> her and her cousin drove off of the road because of some some spaceship um, that carol danvers (laughs) didn't stop who knows um and because he accidentally bled on her she became she hulk instead of her skin boiling and her catching on fire and dying
1: in the forest
0: exactly okay
1: so and this i i don't I know I'm right, and I think that I just am in... And if you think that this is out there, it's just because you luckily have not been in the toxic... You haven't seen the toxic internet shit that I have. But what it comes down to in all these situations... And Steph, actually, you've been in the comic book world, so you know it. What's going on here really is, and I'm only saying this because we're 50 minutes in, is that there are a lot of guys who are really, really mad that they're getting aroused by watching it. That's what's going on. They're really, really (laughs) mad that they're into it. Like, that is what any... Anytime someone is mad about like a female hero, they're mad that they find something that they politically think is dumb hot. That's what's going on. They don't they're like, oh my god, I'm so mad that I want to jerk off to this. Like that's what's happening. And you Talk know what? Him, Jake. Talk them. I just Tell I don't him. I just don't Tell them. That's what so much like so much Teach the these stuff. It's all just about, like, dudes just, like, being repressed and not wanting to be like, oh, my God, these, you know, women shaking their ass is attractive. Like, yeah, of course it is. It's women shaking their ass. What are you talking about? Yeah. It's just – it's so dumb, and I don't even really want to think about it, the people who don't like it, because even me, the you know, as I said, white bread through and through, I'm like, this is really fun. And also – you gonna Jennifer have me? You gonna have me calling you white
0: bread on this podcast? God damn it! That's <laughs> fine.
1: I, I think that's the thing, though. That like I think that I think because <laughs> I because like my main foray into becoming relatively even like vaguely known by strangers through podcasting was through a basketball network. I think I really tricked people into thinking that I did not have the most standard cookie cutter white suburban <laughs> upbringing. <laughs> so like I really am um, white bread through and through. But anyway, that I just Jennifer Walters. Absolutely is the biggest. She well, she thinks she's the biggest Megan Thee Stallion fan in the world, and as white women are want to do, the way she conveys that is by saying that she would kill for her, and oh like, it's yeah. so true to her character, yes. yes. And also, bag. I read today, I read today apparently that Tatiana Maslani is like a diehard Megan Thee Stallion fan. Yeah. As she said, like, she's like one, she saw her when like she first went on tour and like has been with her for years. And that they didn't tell her about the post credit scene that they're filming until the day of because they were afraid that she would lose her mind. And she said that she was happy they did that because she would have passed out if she had any more time <laughs> to. And so, if you are mad at seeing yeah. a. Emmy Award-winning actress from Regina, Saskatchewan, living her dream, then go fuck yourself. That's all I gotta say. I mean.
0: If that, I think that's a, that is a perfect attitude and mentality to have. My goodness. Nah, like the nah, Megan's dial-it back to end the episode was just like Chef's kiss. Perfect. It was perfect. You couldn't ask for more from a Megan the Stallion appearance than that. It was fun. It was enjoyable. We got ass shaking. I mean, goddamn it, we got ass shaking. That's really what should matter at the end of the day, personally. But hey, you know the internet going the internet, man. Um, Steph, what did you think of this? What did you think? Of, what did, did you? I'm sure you enjoyed this scene. Like this was a perfect way to close out a really fun episode.
2: I mean, it was. It was just, it was silly. Um, it was fun. And I'm like, I just enjoyed it. Um, wow, those poor VX, those VFX artists, though, because my God, <laughs> um, I won't get into it, it, but I just can't even imagine um, you working 90 hours a week and on that 95th hour, it's like, hey, we want you to, <laughs> you want you to, <laughs> rich, she hope, twerk. So for that, for that alone, um, you know, thank you because I'm so sorry, but thank you for what you did (laughs) because that will live on forever.
0: Oh, 100%. And yeah, episode three is in the books. The show is good. It's, it's really, really picking up. I'm looking forward because as, you know, as most people know already that Jake and I have seen the first four episodes and all I will say is, I could not believe how good this episode was. And then I could also not believe how excited I am to talk about episode four, because that's a lot, a lot, a lot more mess. You thought this was chaotic next week. It's going to be chaotic. Um, but, but Steph, like before we, before we bid adieu, like, is there anything that you're looking forward to for the rest of the season but just like in general, your thoughts so far as now you're three episodes in like you're getting a rhythm with the show, and I think one of the things that you mentioned off the top that i I you know caught on grabbed onto was like Miss Marvel was fun in its own way, but I think she Hulk is not only fun, and we talk about the structure part but it's also it's also adult like and I think. This is kind of a little this is a different freshening up of the MCU that it kind of needed, like not only like a palate cleanser and a tone cleanser type of thing, but just it kind of being adult is is pretty cool. But, you know, your thoughts through three episodes
2: um three episodes uh we are getting what they said that they would give um which is this very sitcom um type of production and i mean so far it's working and tatiana mansley is just she's an actor she's an actor
0: yes yes she is um yo shout out to tatiana yeah she's killing it man she she's absolutely killing it Jake, three episodes in, well, I, I mean, we've talked about the yeah. superlatives and everything, but like, just like, how you feeling as now we're getting more reactions from others? And um, it's pretty yeah. cool to see.
1: I think that it's just, it's so knows what it is in a way that like makes any criticism of it not really even mean anything to me because so much of criticism is just not taking the show at what it's trying to be. And that's not to say, like, don't take it that seriously. It's like it's trying to be good and serious, and it is those things. And I think that it's just kind of nailing what it's aiming for. And I think that it is the type of show that I've wanted the MCU to make since they started doing Disney Plus shows.
0: Yes, for sure. And I kind of feel the same. It's it's just very – it feels different. It feels fresh. And everybody's having fun. And I think that's, like, really the main thing. Like, when you – when the MCU kind of like tries to tackle some of the more serious subjects that they have, like it's interesting to see how they try and tackle it. But at the same time, like there's some times where you just want to see ass shaking
1: on the screen. So, like, but also, I would even say that they are in some ways tackling serious topics. Oh, yeah, they're for tackling, sure. We're tackling them in the ways that real people tackle serious topics because most conversations people uh-huh. have about serious topics in real life. Are, have humor in them. Most it's very rare that people are having like you yeah. at a dinner with someone and have a serious conversation about this that and the other. It's like no, the show is covering things like you know gender in the workplace, etc. And in episode four, I think there's mm-hmm. even more stuff with it like dating, and like it is done the way that actual people experience it. It's not didactic.
0: Right. Yes, I, 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 yeah, I would definitely agree with you there. That's a good point. Like from a character standpoint, I think the their. They're kind of like parsing it in, but like piece by piece. But like you have to, you have to like really look at it. But the character development with Jen has been there throughout each episode, seeing like how she goes through stuff. So yeah, man, this show is good. Very excited and uh, looking forward to next week to talk about episode four. Stephanie Williams, you already know uh, how we feel about you on this show, friend of the show. We love you. Happy to have you back here. Um, you always got a home here. Your family. Um, appreciate you for coming back through, uh, plug away. Cause you got like 5,000 things going on. So tell us <laughs> what, what you do, what, what you feel like you need to have us know to, to promote.
2: Well, um, I, I didn't want to plug a DC thing, but I'm sorry, y'all I have to, but the last issue of <laughs> Nubia, Queen of the Amazons, and also, yes. Uh, The Nubia uh, and the Amazon's trade paperback will be out on uh, September 9th. So by the time you listen to this, hopefully it's already out. But if it's not, keep that in mind. Uh, And then on the Marvel side, uh, Wakanda number one is on the way. That story features Shuri and a surprise villain that you, I don't think you would guess. Um, I went very outside the box on that one. Um, so much so I was like, "Ooh, did I do the wrong thing?" So uh, <laughs> there's that, and then mm-hmm. I do have some more Marvel stuff on the way. Can't mention it yet, but just mm-hmm. stay tuned because maybe it'll get mentioned. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, before September is over, I
1: hope. Hell yeah! Awesome. I got uh, I got my hardcover copy of the first volume of uh, Newbie and the Amazon's coming sometime <gasps> this month. So whenever you, yes! when you're up for if you're coming up for Comic Con, I got to get uh, the old signature on it. I'm excited to get that in. Oh, yeah. We got to,
0: yeah. We got to, we definitely got to get the meetup going during that weekend at some point. Uh, Yep. Now, did we
1: get press passes? No, we didn't, but we can still meet up with people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. 100%. No worries. No worries. We still, we still growing in the world and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, but, uh, yeah. Thank you, Steph, once again for joining us. Jake, where can we follow you, sir?
1: At the J Christie, uh, you know, always tweeting. Um, shout out to Twitter circles, which is just where I'm putting jokes that aren't good. Um, and uh yeah, just that's all I gotta say. I'm very <laughs> happy that I can you know, if I think of something really dumb where I'm like, I don't want this on my permanent record, sorry, the seventy people who I think know me, you gotta see it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you follow you follow me. Oh god damn, this white bread. This white bread. Um Follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. Follow the show at MC University Pod. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash MC University Pod. Jake and I just did an episode on Only Murders in the Building and recapping season two. And we also went through some of the DC stuff that's going on in their film circle, their film and their TV and their whole Zazlaf thing, the WB. It's all going in a very weird and interesting, quote unquote, direction. So we, me and Jake, kind of tackle that and everything that's happening there. A couple of little Marvel things at the end, but yeah. Get with the Patreon. Get into the Discord. We have fun conversations. The She-Hulk conversations are fun. Um, we even spread it out to basketball today, as there was a trade. The Knicks did not get Donovan Mitchell, which uh, upsets some Knicks fans. Um, I, I'll, I think I'll live, but uh, that's this is not a basketball podcast. But nonetheless. Um, thanks everybody for supporting appreciate it everybody for listening and make sure that you go five star five star five star review on the apple Podcasts or spotify appreciate you guys for listening for stephanie williams and jay christie i'm anthony canton the third this has been marvel cinematic university and we will talk to you next time